You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So yesterday we saw really some unsavory scenes coming through on social media of evictions happening in Cape Town. Um, we are talking now to the city of Cape Town. They've agreed to come and talk to us and address the issue. We also want to just, just get the facts straight. You know, social media is one thing and it's great for many things, but just before we get into the conversation, I think it's very important for us to get the facts. So Cheryl Das spoke to us on Monday, raising alarms around what the city was planning to do and a tender that was a tender process that had started and there was a briefing on the 25th of June and they were concerned that it was inappropriate looking at the fact that there's a pandemic that we are dealing with as a country. The city of Cape Town had um, Councillor Malusi Boy join us on Monday and they reiterated that for them they will continue with the tender process because their intention is not to evict people um, and demolish structures where people are residing. That was what he said. He said they can only demolish structures that are unoccupied and that's what they're going to do because these are illegal and he was right. However, what we saw yesterday was that the structure had an occupant inside. And so we want to get to the bottom of that. First of all, let me just get Cheryl Das, who is um, a regional director at Legal Resource Center, to join us on the line. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Romero. Thanks for having me again. Cheryl, can you help us with the facts of what happened yesterday, according to your understanding? Well, uh, I mean, yesterday's case was a clear example of what we've been talking about and what we recently spoke about, where <clears throat> Councillor Boy really um, rejected um, the possibility outright that an, uh, that the city was evicting occupied structures. And, and we could see there, and that's the danger of what could happen when you leave it to the discretion of the visual, you know, visual observation of officials about whether a structure is unoccupied and what constitutes a home. It's a clear example of what we spoke about earlier, mm. is that without any court order or oversight, you allowing officials to make judgment calls <clears throat> without due process, without complying with the rule of law, and demolishing homes, and that is unacceptable. We had uh, Councillor Boy categorically stating that they were well within their rights, and this is a land invasion. They were not evicting people, but we saw yesterday. Um, a gentleman who is now a client of the LRC was evicted, brutally evicted. All right. Um, his rights to dignity were completely stripped. So... That, in a sense, is a clear indication of the wrongfulness and unlawfulness of the city's conduct. Let me bring in the city now to to have a conversation with them. Richard Bossman is Executive Director of Safety and Security in the city of Cape Town. Thank you so much for joining us, Richard. Welcome to the show. Superior, thank you for having me. Okay. Do you dispute the, the facts as presented by Cheryl about what happened yesterday? Firstly, first of all, let me just say to you, thank you, and thank you for Shadows for the comments. The conduct of the officers yesterday was unacceptable, okay? Completely unacceptable. As a result of me having received a copy of the video late yesterday afternoon, well, probably just before 5 o'clock, I then instituted a process to suspend the staff members' concerns, 
They were all suspended. There were four of them suspended, including the supervisor of the group. Because the view is that their conduct was unacceptable yesterday. Um, Cheryl has indicated, made certain comments around the, the, the structure itself, and based on the video and what one could see, the conduct of the officers was absolutely incorrect and should not have taken place. Okay. Uh, were these, um, just help me out, was this a private company? Because I'm not sure, I don't want to make assumptions. Was this a private company no, or were these okay. actual SAPS, uh, uh, South African police members, that were. Okay, first. All right. First of all, it wasn't police members. Okay. It's members of the city of Cape Town's law enforcement, the guys in the blue uniform. Okay. Um, these were the members that were suspended. So it's members of our law enforcement anti-land invasion unit. Mm-hmm. And those are the members that were suspended. Based on the initial viewing of the video, once we received it, mm-hmm. we identified four persons. And by the time I left at upper six, about quarter to seven, I finished the suspension letters and it was served upon them last night. So they've been suspended mm-hmm. and they need to provide me with a response on Monday as to why the suspension should not continue. But in the meantime, my investigation internally is also continuing. What are you investigating? Well, we're investigating the conduct of the officers mm-hmm. and as to why they conducted themselves in the manner in which they did. I want to repeat to you that I had seen the video. I got it from a few sources. Mm-hmm. And the manner in which they treated the person was unacceptable. And based on what one can see from the structure, the structure was occupied. It was not an unoccupied structure. Mm-hmm. It should not have been dealt with in that way. Let's talk about what the brief was when they left on this particular mission. Okay, can I just explain to you, everybody's making yeah. out as if this is only done once a day in a year. No, 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 you, you're more than welcome to, to give us the facts as, as you want to present them, Mr. Bosman. Mr. Bosman, have we lost you? All right, Richard Bosman is, yeah. we, are, you, are you back on the line, Mr. Bosman? I am back on the okay. line. Okay, okay, please just repeat what you said, we, we lost you sure. there for a minute. Okay, the city has an anti-land invasion unit mm-hmm. that patrols city-owned land on a daily basis to try and prevent as much land invasions as we can. We have a frequency of land invasions in the city, more so where land is even earmarked for housing development, and people think that this is an opportunity to queue jump. Alternatively, we have people selling plots of land which don't belong to them, but they take advantage of the people that are vulnerable who obviously want land. So they purchase these plots unaware that it's city land and or it's land that's been earmarked for um for a specific housing development. Yeah. So, so we have a unit that works on a daily basis in the areas with an effort to prevent. However, they have to operate within certain boundaries and within certain limitations. Mm-hmm. And yesterday's conduct was clearly not within the boundaries that the city set for them. All right. Could you give us a sense of how you've been doing in the sense of uh, tracing, let's call them a syndicate, a syndicate of people who use vulnerable people and sell them land that doesn't belong to them. Uh, what arrests have you made? Are there any arrests that you've made there? We have reported the matters to the SAP, and there have been a few arrests that have been made. But unfortunately, the people are extremely elusive, and people who are desperate tend to be extremely naive in the situations. And what you find is that these people either disappear once they've accepted payment for the plots of land, and they leave the people high and dry, or they use other people's identities, and they operate solely on email or, or on a WhatsApp system. So it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing to deal with. But the police have been investigating, and there have been some arrests made, but very few and far between. I must be honest with you. It's a pity because you've got a, a hell of a muscle for evicting people who may themselves be victims of other criminals. Mm-hmm. And let's mm-hmm. talk, and I, and I specifically want to speak about this particular plot because is it mm-hmm. correct that this particular plot belongs to the city? Yeah, the land in question is, mm-hmm. is owned by the city. That's correct. Okay. And are there people that, um, now please help me out with the facts. Are there people that the city has allowed to stay there but a finite number? In other words, uh, only a limited number of people? That is correct. Normally when you have land that's been identified, 
for development. Mm-hmm. You normally have a list of people that have been approved as beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. And so the plots and the land would be allocated according to that number, yes. Okay. So there are people in that specific piece of land that are there on your account. In other words, you've allowed them to stay in that spe- piece of land, correct? Okay. You're phrasing the question because you're looking for a certain answer. No, I'm not. I so want clarity. Allocated, Just help me. So, so allow me to give you clarity because mm-hmm. you're trying to interpret what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The city has a housing development for that area. Yeah. Based on the housing development, the city would allocate X amount of houses to X amount of beneficiaries. Because that would depend on the size of the project. So those are the people that are earmarked to be moved in from those plots into the area. So those people who are approved and listed as beneficiaries of the city are allowed to remain on the land as they've been approved as beneficiaries, correct? Okay, so what I'm asking, let's deal with this specific piece of land. That's what I'm asking. Are there people currently... Yeah, there are people on the land yeah. that are currently on the land that have been approved. Yes. And also there's a court order going back to this property a few months ago that are approved and allowed to be on the land. Yes. And you find that in many cases, these are the people who like complaints with the city around land invasions or people invading the land that has been earmarked for authorized beneficiaries. That's what I wanted to know. So okay. if I were an individual and mm-hmm. I, I I go to a piece of land and I'm told that, no, in fact, this land belongs to the city and we are here on the account of the city giving approval for us to be here. How are you assisting those who could be used by charlatans to not be used by charlatans to live in that place? Because if I see others living there and these people are saying, no, the city has allowed us to, and you know that they are people that use your letterheads, that come in and, 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 and pose as members of the city who use this kind of thing and sell it on. I'm trying to see where you come in to protect the citizens of Cape Town and of this country. Okay, what we do is normally you would find that the beneficiaries that are earmarked and allocated the land. They would play policemen over the land themselves, and they would call the city's anti-land invasion unit when they see people in the area that are not part of the allocated list. People do that. They call us. And then secondly, where there's been any fraud or corruption, we've encouraged and in some cases assisted people to go to the police to lay charges against the people that have either sold the products to them or who they've paid money to. Okay. I, I understand that you're saying that this particular case was unfortunate yesterday. In the event that you do hear people say there has been an invasion, people have set up structures, but there is an occupant, what ordinarily then is your process? Okay. There's two ways in which you deal with land invasions, if I may. Just thank you for buying me the opportunity. Where a structure is not occupied or where people are in the process of erecting structure, we can prevent that from happening and we can even break the structure down if it's not occupied. Mm -hmm. Once your structure is occupied, one has to approach the court that's very much in terms of our constitution. Are you still there, Mr. Bosman? Uh, I'm here, yes, okay. I'm here. I, I, I get the sense that you're not finished. So you approach the court okay, and then no, what? sorry. Yeah, can I just say to you, there's two ways. Eh? The first is that we can prevent people from erecting and putting up structures while they're in the process of doing it. Sure. And or take down structures that are unoccupied. And then in the event that people have been successful and that they've established ownership, but they've occupied the land and you find the structure occupied, you would have to go to court to apply for an eviction order. Okay. And so what phase was this particular eviction? Did you think there was an occupant? What intelligence did you have? Well, from what I could pick up from the video, and as I said, the staff have to respond to me by Monday. They have been suspended. From what is evident on the video that you can see is that there was a bed and the, and the structure was occupied. Mm. 
That's so not what I'm asking. They should not have been broken down. No, no, that's they not should not have been broken down. They should have approached court. Mm-mm, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, when when the officers left to go respond to this invasion, what what were they responding to? Did they what intelligence were they working on? Did they know there was an occupant with an eviction order, or did they go there to demolish a structure which they thought was not occupied? The latter. There was the impression that they should have checked structure before they demolished it. And if it was occupied, they should not have demolished it. Okay. What what measures do you take for people and disciplinary measures are you going to take for these uh, officers once you finish your, your, your investigation? We, um, as I said to initially, there is a suspension period and we've been suspending for three months and maybe even longer if required. I don't intend to have it done so long. I want to have this done as quickly as possible. We have a collective agreement that we apply to all our staff in the city, well, all local government staff across the country. And in terms of that collective agreement, we can effect the remedial measures if in there, which could include suspending a person with pay and or even dismissing people. Okay. Um do you have any information on the gentleman who was manhandled yesterday? Do we know about him? Who is he? As as uh, I'm sure your colleagues at Human Settlement would be responsible for him. Do we know anything about him? Yes. Well, I'm aware that he had criminal charges have been laid this morning and I've gotten my staff to do the investigation and we've engaged our housing staff to engage with him and see how we can assist him. But you don't know whether he was on a waiting list? You don't know whether he was scammed? No, no I wouldn't. No. Now, I wouldn't know that. The waiting list is administered by housing. We just deal with the anti-landing, compo- anti-landing version component of it. Cheryl, before, before um, Mr. Bosman leaves, I want to give you an opportunity to ask him where, because you would obviously have other questions from a legal point of view. Do you have any questions for him? Well, look, I mean, I just have a general comment about what he said, especially in relation to the evictions that have taken place on that particular piece of land. Mm. Um, and And I think that it needs to be made completely transparent that what had happened prior to yesterday was an eviction of about 49 or demolishing 49 homes on that site on the basis that they were unoccupied. And this happened in early March. The LRC representing those evicted occupants took the matter to court and we successfully got an order uh, declaring that those structures were actually occupied. So this is not an isolated incident where one person was occupied a structure while there's numerous other structures that are unoccupied. Um, So the question is, I think, just for the sake of transparency, is that the city has repeatedly evicted people in contravention of the disaster management regulations and, and on the basis that structures were unoccupied. And yesterday's case proved it. The case that the LRC has done previously has proved that. And we would like to know why is the city hell-bent on evicting poor black people? Why is that policy still in force? Mr. Bossman, do you want to respond to that? Mm -hmm. Other than I can confirm that there was a court order granted and the city actually reinstated 49 structures earlier this year as well as um, install services, which has been done. So there was a court order, a court order in, 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 in the Ingovern area uh, relating to what Cheryl has mentioned. What have you learned from all of this? Well, what's important is that staff need to act with circumspection and with restraint and need to make sure they're fully aware of the situation on the ground at the time that they act. And definitely we need to review some of the processes that we've been following.
Absolutely. Richard Bossman is Executive Director at Safety and Security at the City of Cape Town. Your comments are more than welcome, 0891-104-207. And Cheryl, does please stay with us. Uh, I'm going to have to let uh, um, Mr. Bossman go, but please stay with us as we go to Uzi Lesaku for the latest in SABC News. But we haven't completed this conversation because we are going to be speaking to the man himself who was manhandled yesterday. I have given him the opportunity to back off if he doesn't want to, if he feels uncomfortable about having a conversation with us he is at liberty not to have the conversation he's chosen to have the conversation with us um i thought we were going to speak to a community leader they say that he wants to have his voice heard and he wants to represent his side of the story so that and more coming up after two o'clock Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. Five minutes after two o'clock, you're on Life Happens, and uh, we continue our conversation on the incident, the very unfortunate incident that we saw on social media yesterday, the evictions in, that happened in Cape Town, where there's an occupant who who really was manhandled in a in a, in a and I, I suppose dehumanized is the right word that I'd like to use. Um, and it was all over social media. Very unfortunate scenes coming there. Um, we've had a conversation with the city of Cape Town. In fact, we spoke to the city of Cape Town on Monday um, because there were concerns that things like this would happen. In fact, there were concerns that they have been happening and nobody had been accountable for it. The city had said no. They were just demolishing structures that were not occupied. They were emphatic about that. Um, Sherelle Das is a regional director. She was in that conversation as well. She's a regional director um, at Legal Resource Centre and she was challenging the city in saying that is it appropriate especially now to continue with these demolitions of structures. So what happened? We saw what happened yesterday. Um, The city is saying that the members um, that conducted this eviction let's call it other things, but were suspended and they have a chance to represent themselves and a process is underway. Cheryl is still with us, uh, Cheryl Das, who is a regional director, as I said, at Legal Resource Centre. We are in the process of getting the gentleman himself who was in that video. I didn't necessarily think it was um, important to speak to him because I think I wanted to give him the dignity and the space. He feels that he does want to speak. And so we will offer him that. What is happening at the moment is that he his phone got lost in the mayhem so he doesn't have a phone so we are connecting to somebody who's going to be next to him to give him the phone to talk to us he really feels that he wants to talk to us Cheryl help us out and some some voice notes are coming through thanks again for staying through this uh, this time some voice notes are coming through and questions around so in the event that for instance a, an occupant had gone to work for argument's sake, and we've heard this before, had gone to work, but it's evident that someone's living in that particular structure. What does the law say around that? Well, I mean, this is what we're trying to argue. It really doesn't, it's really reliant on the official to determine in his or her own mind whether a structure is occupied or unoccupied. That's not acceptable. Um, because the 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 if if ten structures are are erected but one is occupied, that's sufficient enough for them for the city to to 
uh, go to court and get a court order and have court oversight over whether or not they can actually have this kind of operation. So it's 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 not it's not uh, ideal for them to continue in the manner in which they are um, um, exercising these operations with no court oversight at all. Um, and it's unfair. It's actually discriminatory um, because these types of issues do not happen in areas outside of areas like Kailicho or Makasa or um, Mfolweni, you know, where where these sort of informal structures are being set up because of the demand for housing and the need for housing. Let me just take a quick call, Cheryl. Um, Mpo is calling us from Liboko. Mpo, good afternoon. Afternoon, Pamela, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Mpo. I'm, I'm good. I just want to chip in in your conversation. Mm-hmm. You see, I was listening to the guy from Cape Town, mm-hmm. from the city. Mm-hmm. The suspensions, I just want to get in, into the issue of the suspensions. Mm-hmm. It's, you see, it's difficult. As much as I sympathize with the people who are at the receiving end. It becomes very difficult for people who are deployed, mm. like the mm. the officers, mm-hmm. because they are deployed with no protocol. Mm. They are deployed with no protocol. They have to use their own discretion at the side as to what they should be doing. And then when it comes back to the city, mm-hmm. the these officers now become the scapegoats. You see, that, that's where mm-hmm. it's just like the case of the SANDF and yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the Metro Police. Yeah. You get deployed in the war zone mm. with no protocol. Mm. Then when there are repercussions yes. of the actions of the municipality as a whole, yep. then people at the top, they yep. don't want to take accountability because this issue is not an I issue of the, the, the officers deploying yes. themselves. Correct. They got the mandate to say, you have to go and execute this uh, mandate. Mm-hmm. But then there's no clear protocol as to what exactly do we need to do. Mm. They don't have papers. They, they are sent in the war zone mm. with no protocol. Mm. And when issues like this, I, 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 I will assume that if there was no video, mm. <laughs> the issue would just have mm. gone like any other yep. that happens on any given day. Yep. So now when since they become publicized, then the easiest way out is to say, let's suspend the officers mm. and mm-hmm. we save our skin. You yeah. see, that, that's, where, that's, yeah. that, that's where the problem is. People say, let's suspend this for we save this, the name of the city. Yeah. It's, it's very unfortunate. As much as we, 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 we sympathize with the victims, no, the, the, the officers as well become victims. Correct. Because if you don't execute the mandate... Yeah. Then you are equally going to be suspended for insubordination. Mm. No, Mpo, you, you see that? you're raising a very important point, and and I, I fully that's why I asked what was the mandate that they were given, and and Correct. and and you know what is also interesting is that um, Councillor Boy is not you know was not willing to talk to us today, um, and as you said you know there's there's a shift of goalposts because now Correct. we've got an issue. It, it becomes difficult. It becomes difficult, and it's 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 a blanket approach ac- across all the sectors. People are get sent in, and when the things go well, because they like uh, the, the 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 law officer is there, is highlighting that there have been many others where there have been evictions, mm. uh, and there was no coverage, and everything went well. Now, when this because now, if if I I've, I've been a peace officer. 
and I've been executed these duties. I will continue with the same protocol mm-hmm. up until something then ha- has to give. Yeah, and unfortunately, well, I, when it gives, then the officers now are, are, yeah. are, are the scapegoats. The it, it's, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Mpo, thank you so much for that. Uh, Cheryl, you know, what do you know about what, what's happened to Councillor Boy? Um, well, I know that there's been protests outside of his, his house. house. Yeah, last night. Um, in 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 response to this, um, but but I think that your caller makes a very interesting point, mm. um, Paul, um, about the you know the suspension. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, I I agree with him that it should actually go higher up. He yeah. comes from command. It really comes from the anti-land invasion unit as a whole, mm. and whether that unit is, um, is is perpetrating gross human rights violations in executing their orders. Yeah. Um, so the, look, the soldiers on the ground will also be held accountable, sure. but they cannot be held as scapegoats. Alone, yeah. Now, we believe the incident yesterday amounts to torture mm. under the Anti-Torture Act of South Africa. And we believe that, that, that the officers need to be charged criminally in terms of that act, as well as their commanders. And, and this is what we are going to advise the complainant to do, is to lodge that, that charge. Um, the South African Human Rights Commission, who we are also working closely with, is also laying a charge um, against the... Um, the, the, the perpetrators of uh, so, so suspensions, a slap on the wrist, does not change the way that this unit operates. This unit operates with brutality, mm. sheer brutality, and the actions amount to torture. And and I think that we that an example needs to be set here for those officers as well as their commanders, as well as the head of the anti-land invasion unit in in, in Cape Town. Johnny, you're calling from Polokwane. Thanks for your patience. Good afternoon. How are you, Pimel? We well, thanks, Johnny. Good, goodness. Yeah, you know the the, the issue the issue that you, that you're touching now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it reminds me of uh, the, the the problem with South African society. South African society has a problem now. Look, the the video that has gone viral. I've seen it in the morning. Yeah, of the guy being uh, humiliated and everything. You know, I, I, I don't think that South African people are really making enough noise about it, but they are quick to jump to other issues of other people in America. They're saying that they cannot breathe, they cannot breathe or whatever. But now we've got a situation here of police brutality in our country. But uh, I don't see the hype. You know, why? I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked yeah. as to how could we have such a situation and then a guy, you know, being, uh, you know, humiliated like that, naked. I mean, they could have approached him differently to say, go inside and put on your underwear and everything. And then, but but for, for them to do that, it, it really shows how our society has turned into. And, you know, the guy, the municipal guy who just spoke to say, even the mayor, I heard the mayor on radio saying, uh, the guys, they, they've been suspended or whatever. But I don't think it's enough, because uh, this issue situations happen every day mm. in our society, in our country. And it it, 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 it if it is just life as normal. Why, why is it that in South Africa we, 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 we live with these things? It's like we say, no, there's no problem. Yeah, no, 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 he was, he was, he was, maybe he was resisting arrest. But if some things happen somewhere, Pimelo, you will see South Africans online, on Twitter, everywhere, saying they cannot breathe. That guy was not even able to breathe also because he was humiliated. 
I'm, I'm very, I'm very angry at South African society how they treat these issues. They cannot protect their own people in, inside their country, but they are quick to to make noise about other people in other spaces. Why, why is our society like this? Let me tell you, Johnny, I completely welcome your outrage. And this is exactly what I've been saying, that when we start muting people's emotions and outrage, we have a society like this where we find it normal and it's supposed to be business as usual. It's not supposed to be business as usual. So thanks for your outrage, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you. you. Sherelle, let me ask you this from the law's perspective. I asked um, whether there would be a different process and what orders were they given, depending on whether they, they, what intelligence they were working on, whether they thought there was a person in the, in, the, in the actual structure or whether or not. With that in mind, would they have had to have different types of court orders to do whatever it is that they were asked to do? Well, in terms of the prevention of illegal eviction um, act, the PIE Act as it's known, yes. um, you can't evict anybody from their homes without a court order. Yes. Um, and without the alternative, providing them with alternative accom- mm-hmm. accommodation. Yeah. The, 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 the interest of the act is to protect people against homelessness. Um, and, and in terms of Section 26.3 of the Constitution, everybody has a right to housing. So, so, so the act really protects uh, uh, against homelessness. And that's why the need to go to court um, so in any in outside of the the the, the lockdown regulations, um, the city would have had to go to court, had to get an eviction order, and then execute that eviction order, obviously in a humane ma- manner. So um, what the city is arguing is that they are they're not evicting, that they are preventing land inv- invasions, mm. and unfortunately, the national minister of human settlements is also. Um, uh, you know, reiterating the fact that there's nothing wrong with preventing land invasions. We fundamentally believe that there is something wrong with with the manner in which land um, anti land invasion units are operating, and the fact that 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 uh, you are, uh, you know, you're making a determination about whether a structure is occupied or unoccupied. That's it's not the point. Huh. The point is that a housing structure has been uh, erected, whether it's on city land or private land, a structure has been uh, set up. It's a structure to house people who are desperately in need of housing. And if you want to remove them, if you want to remove their structures, you have to go to court and get the court to determine whether or not that structure is a housing structure, whether it's occupied and whether the occupant is legally allowed to be there. Okay. He That's says the that they, they, they had the necessary paperwork this gentleman is your now your client. Did they have the necessary paperwork? Well, in terms of what what paper, I, uh, he, I'm sorry, is he saying that he, he that the city that, had the necessary paperwork? Correct. He said that the city had um, I don't know a court order. Did they have right. a court order according to your information? Look, the court order in itself was was uh you know had happened a long time before okay. where they had an interdict against people coming onto the land and building onto the mm. land but that interdict is only applicable to the people that were there already uh-huh. illegally it's not applicable to an interdict cannot be uh, uh granted against somebody that doesn't exist anymore yes. or, or somebody that hasn't been born yet or somebody that hasn't even been on that land 
An entity cannot have such wide-ranging application. So he's wrong in the sense that he's now has his arm to the court order in perpetuity. So and that they can just demolish any structure that's built um, um, without going back to court and saying Mr. X has now come onto the land gotcha. and I now I need to evict him. All right. So the problem with the problem with this now and the added problem is that that evictions have been. You know, um, there's a moratorium on evictions mm. in place. Yeah. So there's absolutely no basis for them to continue with these actions. I'm going to continue with this as we get our gentleman on the line. 0891-104-207 is the number to dial. Cedric, I do see you. I'll take your call after this. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. It's Chris and Cape Town here. So I just want to get the facts straight. So you're saying if I today build a structure on a piece of open land that doesn't belong to me and I stay there for more than 24 hours then nobody can move me. Hi Pamela, your listeners and your team. You know the the Cape Town uh, issue, Pamela. I remember when you had uh, that councillor boy last week and uh, I'm not really surprised on what has happened in that video. I remember his arrogance, you know, and uh, and his uh, bully tactics. Uh, so yeah, I'm not really surprised what has taken place in that video, uh, Pamela. It's Kumi in Middleback. Good day to you. Okay, my guest is Cheryl Das, who's a regional director at Legal Resource Centre. We're discussing the really unsightly eviction that happened yesterday in the city of Cape Town. We've had the city of Cape Town uh, address us. Councillor Boy was given an invitation to come onto the show as we spoke to him on Monday as well. He has declined that an invitation. Um, a representative from the city was uh, talking to us earlier, Mr. Bossman, and uh, they are saying that uh, the officers have been suspended and an, an investigation is underway. Sherelle, let me ask you about the alternative accommodation. Now, it strikes me that when I ask Mr. Bossman, and I don't know what you know now since um, that particular gentleman is your client, has anybody given him alternative accommodation? No, look, I mean, he's been, um, he had been previously uh, evicted. He was living in a tent that was provided by gift of givers. He built the structure. He's now evicted and he's effectively now left on the street. So that's the issue. That's the problem with not being able to have court oversight under the PI Act because this man is now homeless and the act tries to prevent homelessness. This is exactly why the city should not be taking the law into their own hands and arbitrarily demolishing and evicting people from um, from city-owned land or even private land. Cedric, you're calling from PE. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you, man. You know what? I am a member of, I used to be a member of People's Dialogue, Homeless People of, of South Africa. Back then, I'm talking about back in 92, 94, 95, when Joe Slover, late Joe Slover, was a minister, and we let him sleep in a shack in Joe in PE. And around South Africa, this is still happening. The only place that's really not happening where we evict people like this is in Port Elizabeth, in the Nelson Mandela Metro. Because in the Nelson Mandela, we took a stand to say, listen here, if this person is, is illegally occupied, you try to solve the problem until you work it until it's solved. What I would like to see here, 
happening is that the media must be on this case up and until there's some sort of, 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 of sentencing for whoever. Mr. Boy is working on a mandate from his political party. The executive director works on a mandate from his political party. So at the end of the day, they are not, account- they, they are not accountable to us that votes for them. You understand? Yeah. So it, be- it becomes like a political mm. game between people. Unless we have strong civil societies that standing in council, they're standing for councils of people, and not the ANC, the DA or the EFF, we will sit with this problem until doomsday. I come from a homeless society. I was born in a shack. Mm. Hence, and I was, it was a passionate thing for me uh, uh, to fight for homeless people. And thus you get angry when you see mm. how these people, and they are sometimes their own brothers and family members, mm. they are treating just because they have a uniform in that power. Mm. I would love these people to take this thing up until the end of this thing. Mr. Boy must go, the executive director, he must go. Now the poor uh, uh, official that is a low earning uh, income, he must lose his job on the instruction of his boss because either or he's losing. Either or he's losing, Pamela. Thank you, you so much, Cedric. And that yeah. is where the problem is. Yeah. Thank you. Sherelle, I mean, <laughs> um, there is a message here. You want to maybe respond to this. It says, well, the very same human rights representative defending lawbreakers are the first ones to say SA is lawless country plus people disregard the law. You want to respond to that, Sherelle? Well, look, I think the law is applicable to everybody. Um, and if... You know, you call a, call a spade a spade. So if somebody breaks the law, you call them out for breaking the law. And if it's the city official that's breaking the law, we're going to call them out for breaking the law. I don't understand the context of that question because we there is lawlessness and those people, those perpetrators who commit crimes um, must be uh, must face consequences. Well, I mean, I think maybe help all of us to understand what what that means because. The, the very same way in which you don't see this kind of behavior in, say, Hout Bay or Santon, right, where an occupant has failed to pay rent. You don't see this kind of brutality where people are thrown out. You have a process where, as you said, you need to have provision, alternative accommodation provision, because the law, yes. the, the law allows for that, so that we are all, in a way, protected in a humane manner to not be homeless. So this behavior, it, it, it's, it's strange that we are not asking the question, why are we not seeing, this, seeing the same behavior for people who, in all technicality, are <coughs> illegal occupants if they don't pay rent in the suburbs? Yes, and I think that, that uh, that's the reason why these mechanisms have been put in place through a series of court cases. Because of, you know, you're protecting, again, against homelessness. And, and it also is a stark reality about the inequalities that still exist, the two systems that exist. One for the, the privilege, mm. particularly white privilege, and the other for the oppressed black person. So if you take your analogy even further, if, and, and the way that the city is uh, arguing land in, uh, anti-land invasion pro- uh, programs. If you have, if I lived in Seapoint and I erected a structure without municipal authority, it's an illegal structure. Correct. But you won't find a bulldozer yes. and an army of law enforcement officers ramming down my little high-gated, in the, in the high-gated community and 
destroying that structure, they would go to court Mm. and they would give me time. They would demand that that I take down the structure myself or they would go to court and ask the court for an order that they can take the structure down. It doesn't happen in the townships. It doesn't happen where other uh, in, in areas where where people live in very modest uh, informal structures. So that is the issue in terms of the pol- politics and the political context of this, is that we're operating two different systems of the law, one that protects white privilege and the other that oppresses blacks. Cheryl Des, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And lots of people want to talk to you. Uh, I think there's just a lot of anger and emotionally people are really affected by this. Thanks for the work that you do. Uh, We will touch base with you soon to just see how that particular case is unfolding. But thank you very much for talking to us this afternoon. Thank you, Pamela. Thanks for having me again. Cheryl Das, who's a regional director at Legal Resource Center, and she now is a representative of the gentleman that we saw yesterday on social media being dragged out of a shack in the manner that we saw. It's 2.30. Let's go to Utsi Lesaku for the latest in headlines.